Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here, and I have the honor of having Mr. James Prendamano in the house. How are you doing, sir? I'm outstanding. How are we doing? Doing good. Guys, uh, this gentleman has taught me a lot. He is a, dare I say, titan in, in the New York, New Jersey area uh, of real estate. He's forgotten more about real estate than most people know on their hand. Uh, but what I want to talk about is what I like to do with my guests is kind of let them tell their story. But what I'm more interested in is how old were you when you started in real estate? So when I got licensed, I was ooh, 20, 21, but I've been around it literally since I can remember. You know, I was a, a little top. Who was that kid? I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. He had a nice little attitude with him. He did. He, he knew it all, that kid. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, do you remember the first deal you did? Yeah, absolutely. What was that? It was Friday the 13th um, is when I got my first deal closed and it was a two family. It was an investment property uh, on the North shore of Staten Island. How good did that feel? Amazing. I mean, it, it was um, hard to explain, honestly. You know, if you're if you're a deal maker at your core, you know what I'm talking about. And um, that feeling never goes away. It just it, it seems to grow in you uh, actually as time wears on. But it, it's an absolutely amazing feel to nail that first deal and, and get the check. What do you think for anybody that's young, 23, there's a lot of agents out there that are getting started. What do you think is the best piece of advice you can give them when they're starting out their career? Because that first deal, that first investment property eludes a lot of people. So the, the, the best advice I could give is treat this as a business from Jump Street. So many agents uh, don't start out that way. In fact, lots of agents don't even finish that way. Mm -hmm. um, this is your business and treat it as such. Get organized, take cues from those who came before you. There's a lot of great books out there. And honestly, there's some pretty detailed roadmaps that you can follow. Um, and don't, don't come in and try and, you know, revolutionize the game off Jump Street. Get your systems down and then make two and three degree shifts as you go along. And and you're you know you'll save yourself a lot of a lot of heartache and be a lifelong learner, for sure. Keep your mind open and your ears open. Yeah, and what's interesting is now in the technology age, like you know Tom Ferry gives all of his stuff away for free, and it's like, dude, this right here is gold. And I think one of the biggest things I see in the real estate space that's that's hard for agents is they'll have a good two months and then they'll have nothing for three. That's like. I mean, I could on I could count 90% probably I talked to. What do yeah. you think? How do you protect against that as somebody who's been in the game for a long time? Pay yourself a salary. Just pick a salary straight away and come hell or high water, pay yourself that salary. And, you know, uh, uh, 
necessity is the mother of all invention, Austin, right? You, you start finding ways and you keep the pressure on yourself. You stay honest that way. You know, this way it's not these great months where, you know, you're on top of the world and you're blowing through cash and then you have those leaner months. It's just the way it goes. No matter how how much you build up the pipeline, there's going to be an ebb and flow to this. Um, But pay yourself a salary. This way, you know that you need to produce at whatever tempo that is to make sure that that check comes every single week. Um, And I found that that's a pretty good way to discipline yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you... um how long did it take you when you got started to get into commercial real estate? Uh, pretty much straight away. Uh, you know, we, we had um, Staten Island was was behind a bit in, in that market in relation to New York City, way ahead of the game in relation to many other parts of the country. Uh, but for me, it, it just felt like if you're going to take the time to build trust with a client, right, and you're going to put the energy into cultivating that client, many times they work both sides of the book, right? Be it an investment property or a little retail center, a big retail center. Um, It it didn't make sense to go through that work and and build the trust and then let somebody else service the other side of the book. So, I mean, almost immediately. And I I really liked commercial. You know, there was, there's a lot less emotion in commercial. Mm -hmm. It's uh, there. I feel like there's more control of the deal flow to some extent uh, you don't have to worry about if, you know, the, the cabinets aren't the right color or if the bedroom furniture doesn't fit, which, you know, I, I love residential also, don't get me wrong, but for the way I think commercial was much more in, in my sweet spot. Yeah. And, and I'm always of the benefit that business is business. And when you start getting emotions into it, like it, it really, that's why like commercial eludes a lot of people, right? And I, I think that you and I talk about this all the time. I think a lot of residential agents are leaving a lot of money on the table by not thinking that they're ready to jump into it. Like it's this a Rubik's cube that they can't figure out. Like there's a lot of information out there that I think is is pretty, and it's probably not as difficult as you think because a deal is a deal. Yeah. If if you have the, look, the tools are all out there, right? Some are much, much better than others, but if you put the time into to learning that side of it, uh, you know, there's no secret sauce. You either you're a closer or you're not. That applies to both both types of, of real estate. Uh, but if you are a closer and you can get yourself organized, commercial, uh, you know, it's a great game, man. I, right. I I love it. So you've done development, you've done leases, you've done so many things. Um, what would you say is your overall specialty um, for a gentleman who runs a brokerage and, and does real estate and stuff? What specialty do you find the most exciting uh, in your day-to-day operations? Uh, definitely value add. Uh, I, I love to to find those assets that uh, others are just looking kind of on the surface and the, the typical metrics that go into the deal. Um, finding the value and driving value for me is, you know, seeing something someone else doesn't see and then working it and cultivating it and bringing it to fruition, enjoying the upside, of course, uh, that's for sure my favorite without a doubt. Do you think it's, do you think it's part of where they see too much work or they don't, there's not enough vanity in it? Like, I think a lot of people buy real estate for vanity metrics, especially when you get in the development space. 
Yeah, well, there's there's vanity and and sometimes it's it's people don't want to put the extra work in, but more times than not, they just don't see it. Right? Mm-hmm. They they look at it through a traditional lens. And if there's anything we've learned through technology now, it's that you know, everything's getting turned on its head, right? So there's opportunities to re-envision um, how your your you know, why our slogan for a while was changing the way you view real estate in Staten Island. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's when you look at it from a different perspective, oftentimes there's a lot of value between the lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it comes down to, which I think is one of your specialties, what do you think, um, cause you're great at putting deals together and, and, and seeing the hidden money and all that stuff. Um, is it, is it that people are moving too quick or is it that they just don't know uh, when it comes to like law, you know, law and all this extra stuff in a deal? Both. There, you know, and just in general, we're we're moving too fast, right? And and everything we do, it's not normal the pace that most of us sustain. So it it certainly is that, and it's it's experience. You know, twenty five years of digging through these things, you 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 find nooks and crannies of you know filled with value all over the place. It's just you have to slow down, you have to refine your process, and you have to continue to educate yourself. You know, stay ahead of the trends if you can. What are one or two or three tips that you that people need to look out for when they're putting deals together that, that can kind of give them the edge? So, you know, the deals carry such a, a, a wide berth, right? I mean, residential deals versus commercial deals, land, ground up development. Um, the devil's in the details, right? So definitely slow it down. Um you know, when you when you head into deals, Austin, there's there's often the, the feeling like there's that excitement, right? Everyone's feeling good and they're, you know, we're headed to the wedding. And, you know, 25 years later, <laughs> right after the marriage is set in for a bit, sometimes things are a little bit more difficult. So I would definitely uh, if I had to give one piece of advice, it would be don't don't craft your documents in that mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. Craft documents in the mindset of everything is wrong. Uh, the partner that I, you know, is my brother or my sister and I love and I trust doesn't matter. Don't craft your docs that way. Craft them for the worst possible scenario, not the best, because inevitably you're going to hit those stumbling blocks and you don't want to have to rely on docs in real estate folks. Believe me, you don't, but, but there will come a time when you have to. And when you don't have things papered up the right way, it, it makes it so much more difficult. Yeah, I think there's two different people that need to put to get the deal together. There's a person that needs to be aggressive and and drive and get the deal in contract. And then we need to pause. That's why I think a lot of the, the bigger guys probably have transaction coordinators because they're looking at something from their lens instead of like, hey, I look at, the, you know, one of the jokes around the private equity, <laughs> one of the jokes around the private equity offices, he says, my buddy's been in the game for 25 years, my old boss. And he said, Every time you see those couple guys at the end of the month with their calculator out, calculating their commission, he goes, every time that deal would fall through. <laughs> yep. The deal has to die three times before it's real. That's what we say here. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. What is the, what is like the deal that you hold in the most highest regard, like the best deal that you've ever done? Like that was, you were super excited about. Um, probably uh, the outlet center. You know, we, we, we got the, the first outlet center approved in New York City um, and we did all of the pre-leasing up until uh, construction got underway. So for me, it was such a, a, a massive, massive undertaking, 
Uh, it took years of coordination, years of effort, and it meant a lot to the community. You know, it was a, it was a lot of jobs and uh, quite a bit was, was on the line there. So that was, that was one of the, the, the more transformative projects. Maybe Irby is right up there. That was a 900 unit ground up building we did in Stapleton with um, David Barry and Iron State developers. Uh, those types of transformative ones where, you know, they really impact the community are, are probably the ones that, that I look back on and, and go, yeah, we did something good there. Mm-hmm. And I think there's such, uh, I don't know, there's such joy in seeing dirt become a building. I don't know, something about that always excites me. It's like, hey, there's nothing there. And then holy shit, there's a thing. And it's, and I did that, right? And and that's why, like, I think a lot of people are sleeping on, not sleeping on, but don't think they're ready. And I agree, you got to have experience but in development, but there is something to be said to to birthing something from zero to nothing. And having, when the building goes up, it's exactly what you had envisioned day one. Mm-hmm. There's something that really cool about that, you know? Yeah. Before renderings are done, before any of that stuff's done, you have a, a, an image. And then when it's up and it's built and you go, yeah, that was it. My favorite thing to do in the entire world, people think I'm out of my mind, but they don't, they don't get it, is I love to mow grass. It's like my favorite thing because it's like, hey, there's the grass. It needs to be cut. There we go. Like I even paid my friend's son his allowance so I could do it when we were in Idaho. Like, (laughs) and everybody took a nap and I'm out there just riding the lawnmower, like grin this big because there is something to be said because here's the task. Let me go do it. Boom, I'm out. And so, you know, um, you've got some some big things happening. You know, you've led a brokerage for for multiple years, and and now you're moving into you know a mission driven, technology based kind of new birth of a company um, that's going to really set the world on fire. You know, why don't you tell us about what's what's about to come out in the, in the next uh, couple months? Sure. So. Um... <laughs> I, I was I thought I was humming along and, and kind of doing what, you know, uh, I was born to do. And then I met this really arrogant, cocky coach and uh, <laughs> he, he called he's me. a he's a son of a bitch. Yeah, he, he is. And uh, he called me out uh, at the end of a, a show we had done together. And and he was right. It inspired me to take the next step. Uh, and, you know, what we're doing is basically taking the best principles of a local, you know, homegrown mortgage, uh, homegrown um, real estate company. And, you know, we're taking the best elements there, but we're, we're merging them with some of the things that are out there now in technology. Like it's exciting stuff. Like if you, if you have the ability to take the time and dive into what's happening on the lead gen front and what's happening, things you can do on the websites and AI, there is like some really amazing stuff that is, you know, maybe 10 years ago, we, we had to stop being just deal makers and be marketers also. Uh, and we want to pull the, the best components of, of, of both and deliver what we feel is going to be an absolutely stellar experience uh, for, for agents and for customers and clients alike, um, really value-driven uh, and, and focused on keeping deal makers making deals, you know, keep them doing what they do best and kind of take those other pieces off their plate and handle it for them so they can go out and crush. You know, a deal maker is is the worst day for a deal maker, the days where they have to come in and sit down behind their desk and hammer through paperwork. And that's just not in their DNA. You know, it's 
not what we want to do. So we're super excited for it. And uh, we think we're going to, we're going to change the way, you know, this game is played, to be honest. And what do you think about, because I think I think the and you're seeing it now with EXP and, and Rio and everything. What do you think? What aspects of a of a traditional brokerage? Because I believe they are. I'll say it that they're out of date. What do you think the aspects that they're out of date that you're going to solve with the new company? I mean, there's there's just so many components, right? Like you 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 have to kind of wonder. And this isn't a knock against against anybody. For the most part, your best deal makers tend to be the seasoned agents, the ones that have been around for a while. Uh, but with that comes uh, a bit of being set in their ways, and you know they've got a model that's worked for them for a long time, and they're hesitant to move off that model because it's worked. Um, but literally, it feels like every day there's new advancements and, and new technologies available to us that just streamline the whole process that uh, for, for us, our job becomes eyes. The more eyes we can get on the client's property, right? The better the chances are that we find the right buyer at the highest price in the quickest you know, time period. So I think it's because they've had success in, in the way they've done things for as long as they've done it, that they've been resistant to it. But real estate as an industry, yes, we've made, you know, incremental advancements, but there's some wild stuff out there, man. There's some unbelievable things that you can be doing um, that drive those those eyes to your property, right? Which is the direct benefit to your, your customer and your client and takes that part of it out of the equation for you. So from a tech perspective, we're developing some proprietary stuff that, uh, you know, you got a sneak peek at. We, we think it's 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 wild. Um, you know, and, and again, it's the you, you can't lose the, the the local brokerage components. You have to connect, right? Yeah, people get right into sales, and and people forget that you don't do business with people you don't like, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you do business with people that you have something in common with, and you connect with. And sometimes we forget that, and we get straight down to brass tacks. You've got to connect first, and leveraging some of the the things on social media. And of course the advancements way, way, way beyond that. Uh, It's allowing for us to create a community and connect dots and streamline and become more efficient. And for whatever reason, uh, a lot of the the folks in the industry are not taking advantage of that, Mm -hmm. you know, at this point, but we think it's a huge opportunity. Well, it's interesting, right? And I'm about to say, because it sounds so stupid when, when we're already there now, but one of the things I thought was hilarious is because of COVID we're now doing Zoom closings. I'm like, how long did that fucking take? Yeah. <laughs> you mean I can close a property and I don't got to show up to a title? Like, you know, and like that highlights a bigger issue, right? And I worked in private equity. You know, the construction space is stuck in 1970. I don't even know what they're doing. It's ego. It's driven by money. It's they're they're cornering the market. And so they're if you don't adapt and you don't, buy into this stuff, you will be left behind. Simple as that. Yeah. So <clears throat> you're right. And, and in the construction space, we see it also. Uh, and they they have a what they perceive as a, a, a cornering on the market now, but they're not, you know, and same thing in real estate. If you're not paying attention, you know, there's folks like us out there that are leveraging all of these assets now, and, and you're going to blink one day. And like you said, you know, you're going to be in a difficult position because it's just that the tech is too good to ignore. 
No, and it puts you in a spot where as an agent, right, you need to be staying ahead of the curve ASAP because when Redfin, Zillow, these guys that are giving half commissions, so how does an agent moving forward, how do they stay relevant? Value, right? They've got to deliver value. <clears throat> these discount brokers, um, and they, look, they've got a model that works for them, but but trading real estate is, it's a highly specialized field, right? And for most people, it represents the highest price point asset they're ever going to trade. Uh, and, you know, you wouldn't trust your health. You wouldn't trust many things to the discount folks out there. Uh, and if you're, if you're not doing your job and you're not educating the audience as to the value that you bring to the table, they're going to lean that way and they're going to go to the discount brokerages. Uh, but if you take the time to slow it down and share with the community the things that you've learned and why you're disrupting and why you're driving numbers. And, you know, there's a reason why my agency is closing things faster than the anybody else and at a higher percentage price than anybody else. It's not by accident, right? Um, but people have to know that. You have to get out there and, and take the time to do the back end stuff. And that's part of what we want to help with is take the onus off the agent to do that and help them to, to cultivate that side of it. And what's interesting on that vein, if I would have told you two years ago that you had a podcast, what would you have said to me? <laughs> Never, ever, ever, ever would have happened. That's so what, what, what kind of was the genesis to it? And, and then what have you learned from it in the short amount of time? So uh, the podcast has been the single most transformative thing in my life ever. Um, for me, I, I wanted to, something just didn't feel right. And it, it's hard to explain, um, but I felt that something was missing. And I felt like I was destined for more than what I was doing. You know, and we've had some success in our local market, don't get me wrong, but there was a hole there. Uh, and I decided to start challenging myself um, and not being driven. I was driven by fear for a long time. And for me, fear produced results, but the damage that it caused in producing those results, almost impossible to tally up. So I, I wanted to start challenging myself and putting myself into places of discomfort and see what would happen. And, you know, along comes a global pandemic, right? So uh, it was a perfect time for us to try and give the local community an opportunity to get the message out and to talk about whatever it is that, that you know, was happening in their respective industry. And through that, I found this unbelievable welcoming universe of people that were dedicated to helping and connecting and promoting. Uh, and the people that I've met on this journey, um, it has changed my life in every single way imaginable. It's been the single most transformative thing I've ever done. And I think, I think ultimately everybody asks themselves the question, the same, the, the same question, who's going to listen. Well, that's not for you to determine. Like it's for you to determine to add value into the universe and let who listens, listens. It's as simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to bring it all full circle because you and I have lengthy conversations about the state of the market. And this is where you kind of shine and kind of just you're kind of, you don't have to get like in the weeds, but your 30,000 view of, you know, we have a market 
that is out of control, especially in Austin, Texas, I would imagine the same thing. Homes are selling in a day or two. Kind of your brief overview of where you think the market's going over the next two years, kind of stuff like that. Yeah, so we're we're overdue for a correction, right? And we're in these anomalistic times where government is continuing to pump copious amounts of money into the economy. So uh, things are are have now begun to spun completely out of control. Primary markets began to decentralize, which fed the secondary markets. Secondary markets got cluttered. Now we're seeing like big funds in the tertiary markets. Um, this will end, folks. It always does, right? The big banks are not lending. Uh, the family offices and the mid-cap size funds and the smaller banks are filling that gap, but they're not giving 15 and 20-year money. They're giving three-year money, bridge money, one and two-year money, as really five years kind of the outside. All of this stuff's going to come due, right? The markets are going to shift. The, as the employment bases move, uh, so will the markets to those employment bases. And I, you know, I feel that in 2024, 2025, you better be positioned to, you know, have your powder dry and get ready because I, I believe it'll be the biggest slide we've seen, certainly in our lifetime, you know, in 2008 was no picnic, but it'll also be the greatest opportunity of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's asking me the same question. Why'd you sell your property? Uh, what are you doing? You're not in the market. And I said, it's not that I don't think that there's deals out there. It's that I am positioning myself to be as lean as possible and have as much powder and cash as humanly possible because there's going to be businesses for sale, real estate for sale, all those things. And I get it, but you don't need to max out your life or your what you're investing at all times. I'm investing in other things as well too, crypto, other things as well on that. So what my issue with everybody is, is my money is not the same as your money. So don't like, tell me what to do. And I think people really need to take a hard look at what they have available, where their nut is every month and and really position themselves to be ready for this. So you're not caught off guard. So we're seeing people now buy payments and that is a death sentence. We're seeing people buy payments. The rates are low. They're going further and further away from these employment bases And based on today's occupancy, today's rents, um, they're just buying into payments. They're not looking at long-term appreciation. They're not looking at the metrics that you have to look at when you're going into an emerging market um, or just a a market that hasn't seen the type of attention that it's seeing now. And people are looking past that and they're going right to, but if I put X amount down, my cash on cash is this. And after, you know, my rents uh, are collected and all my debts are paid, I'm making that. That's buying a payment, and that is. So you know, one of the greatest quote I heard the other day is, is that, is that, is that all freedom, all 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 of freedom has an exit price, and so the thing is this, is my buddy Anthony said on our other podcast, and that payment can come once, or it can come monthly. <laughs> And just and just because you bought it and it makes sense here, you're still locked into the payment and it's not going to make sense a year and a half from now. Yeah. Yeah. Inflation's coming. Um, and hold on to your hats, folks. Mm-hmm. And, and there's but but understand that and, and everybody that's listening, 
uh, one of my mentors said this to me, you can be a successful investor by not buying. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's what people always think you need know, to be in the game. But you can be a successful investor by getting your ducks in a row, being on solid ground, cutting down your monthly payments. Like that is in the game, guys. It's all the same. If you're paying off your credit cards, you're giving yourself a, a return on your money as well, too. It's not just about tangible assets. No, so some of the best deals I've done are the ones I've passed on mm-hmm. by, by a mile, without a doubt. Yeah. I want you to listen to that again, guys. Some of the best deals he's ever done was the ones he didn't buy. My friend said it perfectly. Don't be so excited to do a deal that you become a motivated buyer. Yep. It's the truth. If people want to find out about the podcast and everything you have going on in the brokerage, how would they do that? So uh, we're going to be switching everything over in very short order. As we said, we're, we're launching a, a really exciting new initiative. So uh, you could check us out at www.prereal.com. Uh, we should be up in the next week or two, and that's where you'll see connections to all of our outlets from there. Wonderful. Guys, make sure you check out his, episode, his podcast. So much knowledge on there. Watch out for the brokerage. Share this episode with a friend. Send it to somebody that'll get some value and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on -on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.